With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Destination Draft Day. Nick Durst and Michael Rockman back with you once again. And Michael, it's a football Friday. And for the first time this season of our show, we had an NFL game yesterday. We got college football tomorrow. Then some more NFL football on Sunday or Monday. Michael, are you ready for some football? Man, I tell you, there's probably not been an offseason that has dragged on longer there's been a lot of things going on in this world, in this country, and it's good to just have some football, some normalcy back in this world, and it's been a long time. It's, it's great to have it back. So obviously last night, the defending champs, the Chiefs, 14-point victory over the Texans. What did you think of that game? I mean, I think the Texans, every year I say oh, they're not going to make the playoffs, so they end up doing. But I think this is finally the year they're not going to be there. Might be looking at a, a pretty good draft pick after this season. Maybe they'll have to look to get our wide receiver to replace DeAndre Hopkins, who gets the extension to be the highest paid wide receiver of all time with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think for the Texans specifically, I really don't think that they're in as much danger as people would like to say, just because, I mean, the Chiefs are probably the best team in football, and watching that last night just seemed to confirm it for me. This offense is completely filled with talent all throughout. The defense has now completely, you know, gotten this consistency from having so many guys returning. And whenever you have stars on the defense like Matthew, uh, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, it's going to create plays. And now they have a great defense and a – outstanding offense that's never going to be beaten. You're never going to out-offense the Chiefs, I feel like. So, you know, just watching last night's game, I really think it's more of a testament to how good the Chiefs squad is as compared to, you know, the Texans group. Yeah, and uh, your guy, you know, you were all over him in the last two shows. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had an incredible debut to his NFL career. Yeah, and I think... You know, I don't mean any disrespect by saying this, but this guy has the easiest running back job in the NFL. So when you give a guy that creates such good space, like he creates for himself, he's able to make guys miss, 
and you give him some of the least stacked boxes that any running back is going to have to face, he's going to create plays. He's not a power back. We saw that with the goal line opportunities. He struggled to get it in from there once they're really stacking the box. But when you give him, you know, a four-man box, three-man box, five-man box, he's going to create plays nonstop. He's going to be all over the field, and we saw it last night. This Chiefs offense is unfairly stacked, even with guys that were underappreciated in other systems. I mean, I think it was two past Cleveland Browns cuts have now started are now starting for the Chiefs on this offensive line. I mean, Andy Reid has done a phenomenal job, and this Chiefs squad looks better than ever, even better than last year where they won the Super Bowl. Certainly, and we'll be, of course, monitoring that and everything else throughout the season. And for a look at the game of football from a coaching, scouting, administrative perspective, go to LandryFootball.com today. From high school, college, to the NFL, from recruiting, to the NFL draft, to free agency from pregame to postgame film analysis all the inside scoop on players teams coaches and schemes andrewfootball.com is your source for all things football and where can folks find our show and the other shows on the landryfootball.com network well you could help us spread the word as you can catch us on the chris landry twitch channel at www.twitch.tv slash chris landry football and you can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for Landry Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcast. Michael, we got some more games this weekend that we got we got to take a look at that you are certainly monitoring closely. Uh, last week the season got kicked off, but now we get some some of the bigger conferences in play here, and of course we have the ACC which will we keep an eye on there. Clemson defending champs, UNC, we're both really high and then they're looking good. And of course the Friday Irish, the Notre Dame, Notre Dame is going to be playing the ACC schedule. So that's going to be something really interesting to, to keep an eye on. Uh, so, you know, what I think we should do, Mike, I think we should bring in our buddy, the newly engaged Mr. Brian Sousa from bonus seekers. Brian, welcome to the show. Congratulations. And, how are you doing? Are you excited for some football? And this has got to be one of the best uh, weeks of your life so far. Oh, it absolutely is. Nick, Michael, thank you for having me. I am very excited. Thank you very much, Nick. And, I mean, it's the first week we've got college and NFL going on at the same time. So, I mean, who's got it better than we do? <laughs> exactly. We also had NFL, college, NHL, NBA, MLB, IndyCar racing, NASCAR, golf, tennis. We got it all. We got it all at the same time. So it's, it's a good time to be a sports fan. And our guy, Glock Lesnar, says college football is back, baby. LFG. So we'll leave it at that. LFG. <laughs> so for this weekend, we got some great games coming at you. Let's start off right away with Syracuse versus North Carolina. For me, I think the three players to watch in this game are Tommy DeVito quarterback out of Syracuse. He's got a rocket arm, a lot of potential here. He has some impressive throws. The overall issue is whether he can put it together in terms of consistency. For North Carolina, there are some great prospects as well, such as wide receiver Daz Newsom, who I think is going to be a mid-round steal for this upcoming draft. Probably won't ever get the attention that he definitely deserves to be possibly day one, early day two type guy. But whoever gets this wide receiver is going to be very happy that they added him is going to be a huge piece of their success going forward. And then at linebacker, we have Chad Surratt, who I think is really in for an interesting season. We had 
this guy kind of get injured last year, and now we get to see him with another season of experience at linebacker. It's going to be very fun to watch this guy. Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about Syracuse, North Carolina, and some odds for it. Yeah, from a betting perspective, this is interesting because there's some serious hype around Mac Brown's North Carolina team this season. They've got that high-powered offense. Sam Howell threw for about a million yards last year, almost 40 touchdowns. He's got weapons like Michael mentioned, Daz Newsom. You know, dating back to the end of last season, they scored you know over 40 points in each of their last three games, and most of their offense is back. So I would expect similar type of production. You know, this week too. Um, you know. I don't know if they cover the 23 points. You know, Dino Babers coaches a very pesky Syracuse team. And Michael mentioned Tommy DeVito. They're going to be able to put up points as well. But they will have trouble slowing down North Carolina. So that's why I think the best bet for this game is to root for points. Over 65 and a half, as long as there's no torrential downpour, there isn't going to be much to stop either one of these offenses. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting there are some key pieces that are left off of these players to watch. I can only put three up here, but there are guys like Melifonwu that has, you know, so much potential at the cornerback position, Andre Cisco safety for Syracuse. And then there's guys like Deami Brown, who I think is a little bit underrated on the wide receiver end for North Carolina as well. There are going to be a lot of guys in this game that you can keep an eye on and really enjoy watching whether they, you know, become an elite prospect or whether they kind of, just put together a great college football game. There's a lot of talent in this game, and if you are looking for some fun college football to kick off this season, there's not many better games than Syracuse-UNC. Yeah, Syracuse always is known to be playing Clemson really tough, and you know they're, they're, they're hard out. Um, obviously, this season, games, locations don't really matter, but Carrier Dome is just absolutely tremendous. It always gave Clemson trouble when they had to go there. So uh, I know we've been talking about Tommy DeVito here for a few weeks, and it seems like you're going to continue to watch him. This could be a guy that's rising up the draft boards. Yeah, for sure. And then moving forward, we got Louisiana versus Iowa State. Brian, why don't you give us a little preview for that one? Yeah, this is a game that wasn't even originally on the 2020 schedule. It was sort of uh, thrown together in the aftermath of a lot of the uh, scheduling difficulties that have been going on. But it's definitely a very interesting matchup between teams. You probably only see play either the first week of the season or during bowl season. So, you know, the Raging Cajuns can really score. They averaged almost 40 points a game last year in the Sun Belt. They have an unbelievable one-two punch on the ground, and they were a top 10 rushing team in you know the nation last year. So that starts for me with their running back, Elijah Mitchell, had 16 touchdowns last year uh, and ran for over 1,100 yards. Obviously, we know a little bit more about Iowa State. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy kind of came into his own last year. He set about 20 school records. Uh, and, you know, and Iowa State actually has a pretty decent defense, especially by Big 12 standards, which historically aren't very good. But Iowa State's defense, you know, is pretty good. So I think Iowa State finds a way to pull it out in the end and win. But they're actually giving 12 points away to the Raging Cajuns. And I think that's too many for Louisiana Lafayette. I think they keep it close in a uh, in a in a under a touchdown win for the Cyclones. Yeah, and then looking at players to watch for this game, it is a QB battle for me. Brock Purdy, who has gotten a lot of draft attention, versus Levi Lewis, who 
is a little bit underrated, but has some fans out there in the community. And then for my third prospect to watch, I think Charlie Kolar. We talked about him whenever we talked about the top Big 12 prospects. Very talented tight end, very well-rounded with both receiving and blocking capabilities. And then I would get a lot of hate if I didn't mention this running, this three-headed dragon of a running back tandem in Louisiana. There's Elijah Mitchell, Raymond Calais, and Trey Ragus, all three very capable, very competent runners. Louisiana's got some offensive talent. They lose some offensive line help with guys like Kevin Dotson and Robert Hunt. But there is definitely a lot to be excited about for the Raging Cajuns. And this game is going to be very interesting, especially for one that is a Power 5 school versus a G5 school. Moving forward, we got Duke versus Notre Dame happening at 2.30 Eastern time. This is a game that I think a lot of people are going to be having their eyes on. Duke bringing out a a new quarterback this season, and then Notre Dame back with high expectations, expecting a big season out of them, playing in the ACC this year. Brian, why don't you give us a little preview in terms of betting for this game? Yeah, I guess one of the most interesting things to note is that it seems like Notre Dame is playing almost in a conference, guys. Not quite in a conference, but... They're the closest thing they're going to get to a conference. Um, They're a top 10 team with aspirations for a championship. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure Duke can match up physically. That's why it's a 21 and a half point spread for anyone who wants to know. You know, they can definitely overwhelm Duke on offense. You know, we know a lot about uh, Ian Book. I'm sure we'll get more into that offensive line, Liam Eikenberg. And, um, you know, they have the running game, Kyron Williams, Jafar Armstrong, and, you know, Former quarterback Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator. I think, uh, you know, that's always interesting. You know, we know that Duke has former Clemson quarterback Chase Bryce on their center now, so that should serve well for them. They struggled on offense, you know, last year. But Notre Dame's defense should also be pretty elite. And for that reason, I think if people are going to bet on this game, it might not be fun, but look at the under 54 points and – I do think Duke is capable of keeping this within three touchdowns, even though Notre Dame should win pretty handily. Yeah, and for my players to watch, I have Liam Eikenberg, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and then Victor Dimokeje. And for me, I feel like all three of these guys are probably a little bit underrated given their current you know, rank in terms of what I've heard around the draft community. Liam Eikenberg, I think, is going to be in the top half of the first round. I think he's probably offensive tackle number two, and he's very talented, very capable. Whatever team gets this guy, you know, maybe they aren't getting the prize possession of Penny uh, Sewell, but you look at this guy and what he's done at Notre Dame so far, and the talent is definitely there. And then there's some guys that you really need to check out that aren't listed again. There's guys like Chase Bryce who haven't really gotten the opportunity playing behind Trevor Lawrence. Now at Duke, starting quarterback, it's going to be interesting. Maybe this is the new Joe Burrow of the season, and this guy takes over, has a great season. Duke competes for the ACC, and Chase Bryce is going in the first round. But also there's guys like Mark Gilbert, who I think deserve such a huge shout-out. Mark Gilbert is one of the best cornerbacks in college football, but has been sidelined by injuries year after year. And it's just so hard to watch a guy have so much talent, so much capability, and then have it all lost due to injuries. He hasn't lost it yet. He's back again for another season. But if you are a college football fan or a fan of anyone going through adversity, Mark Gilbert is a guy that you got to be rooting for, even if you hate Duke. 
<laughs> and, you know, whenever we talk about Owusu Koromoa, this guy is someone that people really love in terms of versatility. Plays the edge, but can really drop into coverage when needed. Looking at this Duke versus Notre Dame game, I think the front seven and just the overall trenches is going to be what people really should keep an eye on in terms of evaluation for this game in terms of scouting for this class. So these are your games to watch brought to you by bonus seekers. Thank you so much for checking it out. So are there any other games for you, Brian, that you think really people should keep an eye on in terms of spread, or at least just a nice thing to watch for the overall odds that are set on it? Yeah. Well, when it comes to college football, I would really recommend most people, not that you, shouldn't bet but week one is really about waiting and seeing there's a lot of guessing games in terms of you know how teams are going to produce how they're going to look whether or not they're capable of not just winning but from a betting perspective covering the spread scoring enough points for totals so i think there's a lot more questions than answers um you know that iowa state louisiana lafayette game we happen to have covered it is so uh, interesting to me because those power five schools against you know schools that don't play in those conferences but you still know are capable uh, and can and can hang, you know, with some of those big conference teams. So that's a game that I'm extremely interested in because I think the Big 12 is just going to be an absolute battle. So, you know, losing an out-of-conference game early on could have some impact at the end. Yep. And then from the comments section we have, I kind of like the idea of Chase Bryce under the coaching of David Cutcliffe. And I tell you what, David Cutcliffe is one of the most underrated coaches in college football. I think Duke – has a lot of talent this year, and if they can put it together, have some of these guys produce where you may not expect it, such as Chase Bryce, Mark Gilbert, like we talked about earlier, this team could be very good. And I think the ACC is one of those conferences that a lot of these teams are very hopeful in their ceiling, and we'll see what teams can really get there to that ceiling to have a great season of college football this year. Yeah, we have another comment here for Brian. So what you're saying is don't drop my life savings at Wake Forest? Wait a couple of weeks before you drop your life savings on the Demon Deacons, Glock Lesnar, but thank you. Bryson says Louisiana, baby. We got some big, a lot of fans down in Louisiana. The breast man wants to make sure that the chat works with the app. Yes, it does. Keep those comments coming. Uh, Brian, anything uh, that you noticed last night in the first NFL game or anything you're, you're keeping an eye on going into Sunday? Well, look, maybe I took some cues from Michael because I put my money on Clyde Edwards-Alaire to score a touchdown, one for one in his uh, in his illustrious uh, NFL career. Um, you know, I was uh, it's a huge NFL slate, so there's a million different directions you can go. Uh, I'll give you one: just Seattle Seahawks. Just just fade the Falcons until they prove you something. All right, excellent. Michael, you gonna, you gonna take that advice? I don't know. I guess I, how do you feel, Michael, that Brian he won some money thanks to you? Uh, you know, I'm probably not someone you want to depend on for full time in this betting advice stuff, but I'm glad that one for one happens, you know. Take it as you can and, and no longer listen to me because after this it's just gonna be misfires all season. Well, I'll be fair to you guys, you know, they were the same exact odds for Edward Tolaire, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. And guess what? It doesn't matter who you chose because they all got in. <laughs> Should have been all three, Brian. That could have been your parlay. <laughs> that could have been. That would have been a great parlay. It's true. All right, all right Brian, Brian, as always, thank you so much for joining us. 
If you need any betting on sports for this season, check out Bonus Seekers. They have great deals, great offers, and some great odds. Brian, thank you so much. All right, Michael, Nick, have a good one, guys. I'll talk to you before next week. All right. There it is. Brian from Bonus Seekers doing a great job there. Uh, I'm just really impressed. Brian has a Nike hat on and a Reebok shirt. I love it. I don't think I can pull that off, but he did a good, he did a good job there, Michael. Yeah, he's got to be careful. Both of them are now going to be confused if they really want to sponsor us. So we'll I see. feel like there was an issue like years ago in college football where uh, Jimbo Fisher, like, either like his team was like a Nike team. But like his son came on the field wearing like an old like Reebok shirt and it was like a huge deal and it was like it's just it's crazy. But we, we thank Brian and lot, that's a lot of fun always. And oh we're getting to so many games, so we'll we'll be highlighting so many players throughout the season and learning more about them each week. Uh but Michael, you know, everyone's been asking, where is Michael Rockman's mock draft? Like what's taking so long? We're into the second week of the season here. He doesn't have anything out there yet. And what, what's your answer to those, those naysayers? You know, just, I've been so slow, so lazy this season. Decided to finally get you guys a mock draft, one that I think you'll enjoy. So let's just, let's dive into it right now. Let's start with a little season preview. So for the Jacksonville Jaguars, things fell apart early. Obviously, there's still love for Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. Not all the Duval fans are ready to let go. When you have the number one pick, you got to be responsible. Pick the generational talent, and that is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson, the obvious pick in this situation. You look at what this Jacksonville team has really gone through in terms of building, and I think there's just so many missing pieces that will keep this team from really succeeding at a high level. I went through on the Playoff Predictor website, and – they were my lowest ranked team. They went two and 14 for my predictions. Obviously this isn't some hot take. I think a lot of teams and a lot of people expect Jacksonville to not be up to par with what the expectations may even be right now. But you know, usually when we have these consensus number one teams, they don't actually get there. So if that is what you're looking for, Jacksonville fans, and you want to see more wins than two, there's your hopeful uh, little tidbit of advice at number two the washington football team i have them taking penny sewell so this guy is your ultimate left tackle i'm a huge haskins fan and i think that this season is going to be rough for him because i don't really love the supporting cast that washington has they have a very nice defense when you look at the front seven they have some really capable guys on the defensive line chase young and montez sweat i think are going to be a dominant edge duo for the future of this squad. But you look at, you know, the linebacking core, the secondary, and then on offense, you look at the offensive line, the wide receivers outside of Terry McLaurin. There's just not many options on this offense for a QB to succeed in. Hopefully Haskins proves himself well, but I don't love this team. And therefore I have them at the second pick. For number yeah, three, for me, I just saw that Washington. Go ahead. The team itself, I think – could win the NFC East because I don't like the NFC East, but not with Haskins. I, I think if they were playing Alex Smith, they'd have a, they actually have a, a chance to go 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, win the division. But I do think with Haskins, he's struggling with development right now. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up uh, with one of the worst records in the league under Haskins under center. 
Number three, I'm sorry, Nick. I have the New York Giants. Looking at this team, there's some very strong things to love about this offense. But at the same time, on the defensive side of things, I don't love really anything outside the defensive line. There's some good safeties coming in. Xavier McKinney should be a special piece. For this pick, I go Micah Parsons. I think he's a generational linebacker. We said generational a lot. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to just overhype it, but Micah Parsons is that good. He is a defensive changer and an overall team changer. Micah Parsons for the New York Giants would be huge for their future. You have some key pieces that are really cemented in going forward. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas. These guys are going to be pieces going forward for your success. You get some key defensive players like Micah Parsons, like Xavier McKinney, and this team is cooking with gas. And I think while there's some needs elsewhere, having a great linebacker like Micah Parsons can change this defense and really help them propel forward to winning the NFC East and potentially making playoffs the year after that. Yeah, I mean, the last time the Giants took a, a Penn State player in the top three, it turned out pretty well with Saquon Barkley. So uh, I wouldn't have any issues with this. They, they need the linebacker for many, many, many years now. So I'd be fine with this pick. We'll just have to see. I, I don't think they're going to have a good season. I don't know if they're going to be a third worst striker in the league. Uh, but we we shall see. Uh, Parsons, though, obviously – probably not going to be playing between now and the next NFL season with the Big Ten. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody else ends up surpassing him in the in the draft board just based on excellent play of the season. Definitely. And for number four, this was very interesting for me because whenever I did my predictions on standings just to my, in my head, I didn't have the Bears this low. But going through the schedule, they ended up being my fourth pick in the draft. Kind of crazy for me, but, you know, I think one of the things that you think about this team, they're starting Trubisky again, and if he struggles again or Fulce comes in and struggles, there's going to be a loss of momentum on the squad. The defense, we saw some signs of regression last year. Now the cornerback group is very young, very inexperienced. We could see some issues there. I don't love the Bears this season, and so for that reason, I'm going Trey Lance at quarterback. I think – you have to find your future. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, both are very talented quarterbacks left on the board right now. I think Lance meets the expectation in terms of arm talent. You want to have a guy that can throw through the wind, and I think Lance gets the nod in terms of overall arm strength. Both very capable QBs, both very talented. Yeah, uh, the Bears, I I think they're a playoff team. I'm a little higher on Trubisky than most people. After all, I mean, he did have a really great second year. He went to the playoffs. They should have went to at least the conference championship game, if not for a missed field goal. And I think I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I do like Matt Nagy. Trey Lance, though, I personally haven't heard much about this guy. I would say he was heavily influenced by Carson Wentz by finding out about North Dakota State and going to play there. So what do you, what do you what do you know about Trey Lance? And do you think? that he's going to have – well, I guess you're, you do think he's going to have that rise of the draft board quite like Carson Wentz did. And what, what do you think the outlook is for him? He's six foot three. Uh, do, do, is, is he like a versatile quarterback or more of a, a pocket presence? I think he's very versatile, and I think there's capabilities both in the run and pass game that really will entice teams. But at the same time, he has some very impressive throws that will go – 
30 yards downfield on an absolute dart. And that's something that you really want to see in terms of arm talent out of your quarterbacks. And then at the same time, freshman redshirt, zero interceptions throughout the entire season. Very impressive. Having a guy so young that takes care of the ball is huge. And when you have a team like the Chicago Bears, I mean, you love them on their defense. Like the defensive side of the ball can almost carry them to playoffs on its own. So if you add in some secondary talent, you add in a guy that takes care of the ball, creates plays but doesn't do too much, Trey Lance is almost perfect for it. I think what most people kind of think is, oh, he's no, he's at North Dakota State. He probably doesn't have to do much in terms of uh, really putting the team on his back. And, yeah, this is a very talented squad. You're pretty much playing at the uh, FCS Alabama almost. But this guy has proven to have some very capable arm talent some very impressive plays. Look for Trey Lance to be a coveted prospect come draft season next once April so, rolls around. What's interesting is, you know, the Bison, they are playing this season, um, but you know, from what I saw is that Lance is going to have a one-game showcase. They're playing one game, I guess, for Central Arkansas on October 3rd. I never heard of anything quite like this, but I guess there'll be a lot of scouts checking that out if that comes to fruition because the last I heard as of August 14th, North Dakota State said they were not planning to play this fall. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. We have a comment from the comment section. Lakers boy 03 says Trey Lance fire emoji. We got some Trey Lance fans in the comment section. Keep the comments coming. We love interacting with you guys. We love seeing what you guys want to talk about and adjusting the show for that. So, all throughout the show, if you have any comments, any questions, we'll try to get around to them. There's some that we'll answer, you know, at different times, so be patient, but we got you. For the number five pick, I have the Miami Dolphins going with Jamar Chase. I think last season we saw the magic that this guy is capable of creating. Joe Burrow, absolutely talented QB, but Jamar Chase was putting up some highlight plays that were just amazing to watch, incredible sights to see. Miami Dolphins have Devontae Parker. They have Preston Williams. Adding in a third receiver in Jamar Chase creates this offensive talent and brings it to a level that we have not seen for Miami in quite some time. You want to build around Tua. You want to bring all these weapons in that, that you can. Having a guy like Jamar Chase on this roster would be absolutely huge going forward for the success of this team. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh... You know, I think the the Dolphins, they're definitely trying in the right direction here. They're building that offense. They fought last year. And I would say Brian Flores does seem to be the right guy for the job, of course, coming down from New England as a great uh, defensive coordinator for one season with Patricia's absence going to Detroit. Yeah, I love what the Dolphins are doing. And then at number six, the New York Jets missing out on Jamar Chase. They decide to address another pressing need for this team. I have them getting Gregory Rousseau, edge rusher out of Miami, Florida. You look at what this team really needs, and I think the offensive line and wide receiver are obvious things that you point to. But adding a elite talent like Gregory Rousseau is huge for this team and for the defensive success going forward. You lose Jamal Adams. You need kind of your star going forward. You have C.J. Mosley, who hasn't played in two years. There's some other young pieces that have some impressive traits. Quentin Williams still has a lot of potential, but adding a guy like Gregory Rousseau could be huge, and you have a potential 
guy to really put up, you know, upwards of numbers at the sack level or at the sack statistic. Yeah, of course, the Jets, it seems like they're always looking for an edge rusher. Um, Sixth pick in the draft could be about right. It could be worse. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, what's going to go with the Jets this year. Every year they come into the season with high expectations, but I think we both agree they're probably at best a top 10 uh, pick in the in the draft. Yeah, one of the interesting things that will be hard to watch, is, not hard to watch, but just something to follow, I guess, is the fact that Adam Gase – is probably on the hot seat the second the season starts. And if we see them start out 0-3, he probably gets fired, and the season almost becomes an evaluation instead of a competitive season. And it becomes this interesting case of, oh, well, now if they go 6-10 and after Gase is gone, are we going to say keep Darnold, or is the new coach going to want a new quarterback? So really this entire team is probably – on edge and you don't want that in terms of locker room morale and everything like that, but they had a good bounce back from when Sam Darnold came back from mono last season. If they can build off that momentum, put together a good season, then I think a lot of people would be happy to see that because you don't want to see these teams kind of just fall apart and crumble unless maybe you're a Patriots, Bills or Dolphins fan and Giants fans. Yeah. Yeah. Giants fans as well, I guess, but really, For the most part, you can root for their success, hope that they have some something to really go off of, and how they ended last season, I think, is something that they could. They got to bring back Rex Ryan. (laughs) For sure. And then at number seven, we're moving on to the Chargers. I think one of the biggest issues for me with this Chargers team is that they've never really invested enough into protecting their quarterback, and they traded Russell Okung last year for Tri Turner. And now you had Liam Eichenberg. We talked about him earlier. I think he's offensive tackle number two in this class. I think he's a very competent offensive tackle, going to play left tackle for the Chargers. You have Beluga already at the right tackle spot, which was a huge addition to this team. You have Justin Herbert probably going to be under center once Eichenberg's starting as well. So, you know, looking at the future, you got to protect your quarterback and adding a left tackle key piece of the offensive line, huge going forward for the Chargers' future. And I think with some of their young offensive pieces, offensive line does nothing but help. Certainly, At number eight, certainly, oh, certainly the uh, the Chargers are going to be looking for a, a big guy out there to to protect their their big investment, Justin Herbert. And it does seem like Notre Dame is always producing some of the best linemen in the NFL. Definitely, and it's going to be interesting to see where some of their offensive line go in the future. Some very talented guys for the Fighting Irish this season. At number eight, we have Justin Fields, the quarterback out of Ohio State, going to the Carolina Panthers. This Panthers squad probably has a very strong offensive season. Teddy Bridgewater will be the benefit of that. But when you look at this future, the defense is very young right now. Their entire draft class was defensive picks. You look at guys like YGM, Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown. They have pieces in place going forward. They need some more help at linebacker and cornerback. But I think when you have a top 10 pick and you need a quarterback going forward for the future, 
you get a guy like Justin Fields under center with an offense that is completely stacked in terms of weapons. You have CMC, DJ Moore. If Curtis Samuel returns, then there's another piece. Robbie Anderson as well. Putting a guy like Justin Fields in an offense that has so many weapons at his disposal, I think he's going to have a phenomenal rookie season. I'd love to see him on the Panthers, and I'd love to see the Panthers with Justin Fields. You think Justin Fields will be a better pro than Dwayne Haskins? It's tough to say. I think Justin Fields offers more in terms of mobility, which has become a huge piece of quarterback success. So in that regard, I think he has a lot more potential, but I'm, I'm not willing to write off Haskins yet. I think he's he's been doing a great job of shedding weight season after season, and this year he's looking to become even more mobile in the pocket or rolling out. So right now I'd probably say I take Fields, but I'm hoping that Haskins has a, has a strong second year, and we're looking at this mock draft laughing at the idea that I thought they'd be picking second. All right, so there you have the top eight of the draft for 2021, but Michael, of course, is not done yet. Not yet, not even close. We got nine through 16. At number nine, we got the Atlanta Falcons. This is one of those picks that I think just makes too much sense. Alex Mack, probably in his final years of his career, whether this is his final one now or he doesn't, uh, or I mean, or he just plays, you know, one, two more. You add in a guy like Creed Humphrey, whether he's playing left guard or whether he's playing center for the Atlanta Falcons, this is a huge add. Their interior offensive line has struggled. Their offensive line as a whole has struggled. Adding a guy like Creed Humphrey not only creates for the run game, but helps Matt Ryan in the pass game and gives this offense a sense of consistency up front, which is what Creed Humphrey is praised for at Oklahoma at the moment. At number 10, I have Dylan Moses out of Alabama. They already have Mac Wilson in this linebacker core for the Cleveland Browns, but adding a second piece such as Dylan Moses, I think is huge. Moses has a lot to prove this season. I think a lot of people would love to see him be successful, but at the same time, we haven't seen it. He was la- he was out last season with an ACL tear. So Moses is going to be a key guy to watch, seeing if he has brought it back as a prospect and fulfilled what the expectations are for him. At number 11, we have Caleb Fairley, Virginia Tech cornerback. I think when you look at Denver, they need a cornerback this season. And having a physical guy like Caleb Fairley is going to be huge for them. I think he's a pretty good tackler. You look at some of these other cornerbacks in the class, there's some physical guys. And I think Caleb Fairley kind of tops out as the best option for it. If I were to pick another uh, corner that probably fits the Vic Fangio type of physicality need, It'd probably be a guy like Sean Wade out of Ohio State. But now I'm going Caleb Fairley. We'll see if that changes as time goes on. At number 12, we have Patrick Sertan. The second out of Alabama, Indianapolis, is currently trotting out Xavier Rhodes as their first cornerback on the depth chart for outside guys. Whether Sertan is playing corner or safety in the NFL, I think he is a great defensive back. The Colts probably need both. Malik Hooker has kind of had his career put to the side because of injuries. So bringing in a guy like Sertan, whether it's starting a corner, starting a safety, I think the Colts have a great pick here, and they add in a very polished defensive back with some NFL pedigree in his background. So, Nick, what do you think of those four picks? I think that 
the Alabama guys, I mean, I, I don't know. They always just scare me when, I, when you're drafting these high guys, when these guys are early in the first round. Because to me, it's been rare to me that I've seen a guy come right into the league and make an immediate impact from Alabama. So until I'm proven wrong there, I'll just have to, you know, suck it up and uh, <laughs> continue with that. Uh, that. That's my thoughts on that. The, Bron- the Broncos are building a nice – uh, defense there, so obviously a need for cornerback. And with the Falcons, much like every team, one is picking an offensive lineman a bad pick. Yep. And then going forward, we have number 13, the Las Vegas Raiders picking Spencer Sanders, quarterback out of Oklahoma State. I decided to go with Spencer Sanders as my QB riser for this mock. I think in terms of tools, he offers some great upside and he's still developing. In his first year as Oklahoma State's quarterback, he showed a lot of promise, but there's still some issues in his game. He needs to clean it up. I think this season he's going to have a huge year, show off some great arm talent, and really bring scouts talking about Spencer Sanders, the quarterback out of Oklahoma State. We got some comments from the comment section. Raiders picking at 13 just put me into a deep deep depression, man. And, yeah, I mean, I think Raiders fans – are definitely looking to make that next step. Probably most realistic Raider fans aren't expecting to win the division. I think the Chiefs have it on lock. But with seven spots, I think the Raiders are a team that could compete for a playoff spot. This defense is improving year by year. They have some great young pieces. If Derek Carr can take advantage of you know guys like Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and really put the put the offense that's very young on his veteran back, then maybe the Raiders could be a team that surprises us and makes the playoffs this season. So I'm surprised to see Spencer Sanders here as the Raiders pick. Didn't think they'd be going QB. Because if you ask me, their future QB is on the roster. His name is Marcus Mariota. I think Mariota's gonna come in this year. He's gonna he's gonna Tannehill, Derek Carr. And I think he's gonna show enough enough that John Gruden's going to say, I want to, I want to roll with Mariota next year. Yeah, I think there's definitely that possibility. If Derek Carr struggles, I think we see Mariota sooner rather than later. At number 14, I have Rondale Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue, going to the Detroit Lions. You look at the Lions offense, and I think putting Rondale Moore and Kenny Galladay on the same offense is the perfect mix of lightning and thunder. Rondell Moore has the capability to create space and flash all over the field, while Kenny Galladay has the capability to jump up and fight for any ball that's thrown up there. I really love Matt Stafford. I really hope he stays healthy, and if he does, I think the Lions are another sleeper playoff team. The defense maybe isn't all the way there yet, still developing some guys, but Stafford is that good, and Marvin Jones likely likely hits the market this season. So adding a guy like Rondale Moore, a little smaller than you'd like for his frame, but is completely and utterly one of the best playmakers in college football. Huge piece to add for this Detroit Lions. At number 15, I have Josh I Myers. Out, you know, with oh, the go Lions ahead. There, um, I think they're going to be the worst team. In the league. I, I think they're going to have the first pick in the draft. Even just if Stafford's because, healthy or you just don't trust Stafford to be healthy? Stafford is not healthy. That does not exist. So I think <laughs> I think he'll play three to four games. Um, that's going to be it. If Stafford gets hurt, they're going to be pretty low in the standings. So let, me, let me ask you something. Then. Let's say they got the number one pick. Do they move off from Stafford? 
Oh, for sure. I think I, I went through and talked about it uh, with some of my friends, and I said I think 21 teams in the NFL probably take Trevor Lawrence if they end up with the number one pick, hypothetically. And the other teams that probably won't, I mean, you look at there's the Texans, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, probably the Bills, um, the Bengals, Bengals Ravens. I mean, there's there's not a lot of teams that when you offer them Trevor Lawrence, they don't decide, hey, we need to get this guy. Even a team like the Falcons, where you have Matt Ryan there. If Matt Ryan were to go down this season, and it's like a Manning situation where you're like, oh, yeah. well, do we stick with Peyton Manning or do we go with Andrew Luck? I think you got to go with, you know, the young QB that's going to set your franchise forward. And looking at how uh, Matt Ryan would probably, you know, find another place very easily, it's still one of those things that you got to go forward with this franchise. And having a guy like Trevor Lawrence adds a lot of comfort in that regard. I wonder if the Giants and Jets would both take a quarterback. I think the Jets would because Joe Douglas didn't draft Sam Arnold. And I think the Giants would because if they finish with the worst record, Dave Gallivan's out. He took he took Daniel Jones, and the next coach would come in and move on from him. I think, like you mentioned, the teams you mentioned, the other teams that probably wouldn't take a quarterback would be the Cardinals, although we've seen them do it before, and the Seahawks. Other than that, I think everybody would consider taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of places that – I think if you have the chance, you got to go ahead and do it. For number 15, I have Josh Myers. While he is a center for Ohio State, I think he would be playing guard for the Bengals. And I think what you can add with this guy, having protection for Joe Burrow is absolutely huge. There may be some Bengals fans a little hesitant to add another interior offensive lineman out of Ohio State because of Billy Price. But Josh Myers is well worth the pick an outstanding offensive lineman, and an outstanding guy to grab at this time. At number 16, I have the Jaguars with their second pick from the Rams, getting Christian Barmore. This guy hasn't gotten the the notoriety at the time uh, being, but this guy is an absolute monster, great defensive talent, and the Jaguars were very high on Derrick Brown last year and probably would have made him their pick if he was on the clock or available when they were on the clock. So getting a guy like Barmore, whenever he's there at the 16th pick, I think they run up to the podium and they're ready to take him right away. We got a comment from the comment section. Michael Jordan for the Bengals. Yeah, I think Jordan's a, a nice pick as well. He He's a, he's definitely kind of established himself as the left guard from what I've heard. So Myers would probably slot into that right guard spot. I think yeah. a lot of teams kind of focus on their negatives, though. So that's why I was saying Billy Price. I think Michael Jordan hasn't been a negative pick so far. Your buddy, do a battle roll. So far, these offensive line rankings looking a lot like mine. So I guess he's got a good brain then, do a battle roll. If he's <laughs> yeah, great minds think alike, I guess. Uh, definitely respect do a battle roll's opinions. We talk in uh, NFL draft discord that we share. He's got. The uh, O-line genius title there, so definitely respect his takes. Love to kind of bounce ideas back and forward off of him whenever I evaluate offensive linemen. He doesn't like some of some of my sleepers, though, so we'll have some issues there. But, you know, it's all right. They'll prove him wrong eventually. <laughs> well, let's see if he likes your next pick here. It's, it's 
16. Well, we already talked about Barmore, so we're moving on to 17 through 24. At number 17, the Eagles continue to add offensive or offensive weapons. Devonta Smith is one of the most polished NFL-ready wide receiver prospects we've seen in a while. Add a little bit of weight, and this guy is going to be dominant. You already have Jalen Rager, kind of your deep threat type of receiver. Adding in Devonta Smith, I think, creates some variety in this wide receiver group. And you have Carson Wentz, who really, I think, is going to be in for a hard season. The offensive line decimated with injuries. The wide receiver group kind of dependent on Jalen Rager, who Jalen Rager, who I think is unpolished at the moment. You add in Devontae Smith, and you have two very capable weapons at the wide receiver spot. And I think this is a huge pick. At 18, for the Cardinals, I have Sean Wade, one of the most physical cornerbacks for this group of cornerback class guys. I think he is great tackler. You look at what the Cardinals really are dealing with, and you have Patrick Peterson and Byron Murphy, who have kind of established themselves as great corners for this team. Obviously, Patrick Peterson, probably first ballot Hall of Famer. But he's getting up there in age. And you add in a guy like Sean Wade who can play inside, play outside. He offers a lot of versatility for your defense. When you have guys like Isaiah Simmons, versatility just continues to get better and better. Sean Wade, a physical corner who can play outside or inside for you. The Cardinals, love to see it. Get him at 18. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the Cardinals a lot this year. I, I do think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, I don't really see, you know, too many glaring major needs, but, uh, you know, everyone's always looking for the, those lockdown corners. You just you just got to hope when you see a guy wearing 24 from Ohio State, they're better than Eli Apple. For sure. Uh, number 19, we have Marvin Wilson for the Buffalo Bills. When you look at this Buffalo roster, I think there's not many holes right now, and it's just kind of dependent on really – getting this team to kind of develop and grow together. When you can add a nose tackle like Marvin Wilson, who disrupts in both the pass and run game next to a guy like Ed Oliver, defenses don't really get better than that. And offenses are going to have nightmares thinking about it. So Derry, or Marvin Wilson for the Buffalo Bills would be a huge steal of a pick and would be very fun to watch on Sundays. For 20, I have Darion Kendrick, cornerback, out of Clemson for the San Francisco 49ers. I think the 49ers have a little bit of Super Bowl hangover, still had them making the playoffs, but I think they are not going to have the same amount of success. At the cornerback position, Richard Sherman's getting up there in age. You have guys like Witherspoon and Mosley, but I think adding in a young cornerback with loads of potential like Kendrick would be huge for this team going forward and sustaining the success that they've had. At 21, I have Hamsa Nasiruddin. Safety out of Florida State, Minnesota has a lot of issues with the cap right now, and I think Harrison Smith is going to eventually be leaving the team. Adding a guy like Hamsa who has unlimited potential is huge for the squad, and I think you know when you can bring in a guy that's as versatile as he is, whether it's as a sub linebacker playing strong safety, he he brings it, and he has some flash plays right now really needs to develop and become a more consistent player. But I believe in him, and I think he's going to entice a lot of teams. No one better I'd want coaching him than Mike Zimmer of the Vikings. Yeah, I, just, I, I think, you know, just before we 
move on here. I think I like the Vikings a lot this season. Definitely their playoff team looks like you agree. Uh, 49ers, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. I don't know the last time is that a losing Super Bowl team made it back to the playoffs. But the Vikings, I do like them a lot. Um, they're very strong overall. You know, Mike Zimmer always says defense, coach well. And um, I'm so definitely a guy that Mike Zimmer will like. Yeah, and at number 22, we have Daniel Falele. Look, you can see it right here in this photo. He is massive, <laughs> 6'9", 400 pounds. Putting him at right tackle with Marcus Cannon opting out of the season, having some inconsistent play last year, and then rumors coming out that some of these guys, like who haven't met expectations, you get in a guy who's similar to what Trent Brown was able to do and just really dominate the game with his size. I think he would be a great add for the Patriots. And if he could develop just, you know, to the level that they'd want out of their right tackle, this guy's going to be a star for them. And I would be absolutely thrilled with it. You need to protect your quarterback. The right tackle spot seems to be the question mark going forward for the squad. And number 23, I have Rashad Bateman for the Packers. Hopefully, Packers fans, I'm sure you're with me. Hopefully this team finally decides to go and get some receiver help. No one better than Rashad Bateman to help that. You have a guy like Adams on one side already. Adding in Bateman on the other really creates a receiving group that is superb. And, you know, the only people that I think would hate this pick are probably Vikings fans because a lot of them overlap and are gopher fans as well. They'd hate to see this guy in green and yellow. I think Jordan Love's going to enjoy throwing the ball to Rashad Bateman. For sure. And for 24, we have the Dolphins picking from their trade for Laramie or trading away Laramie Tunsil to the Houston Texans safety, Richard LeCount, the third out of Georgia. I think this guy hasn't gotten the appreciation he deserves. He is really just one of the most dominant safeties we've seen in college football for a couple of years. Now he's going to be in for another big year for the Georgia Bulldogs leading this defense, huge piece, huge guy for Flores and his secondary going forward. And I would love to see that happen. Now we move on to the 25 through 32 picks. At 25, we have Jalen Mayfield for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So far, whether it is Anderson Villanueva or the right tackle spot that's kind of been, you know, split between a few guys, sounds like Zach Banner is going to be the starter right now. Adding in a guy like Mayfield, whether it's on the right side or the left side, he's very young, very athletic, very gifted. And Pittsburgh needs some young offensive line talent going forward. You have some some of their best years coming from when they had one of the best offensive lines in football, and I think they still are near the top. So adding a guy like Mayfield to keep that success is huge. At number 26, I have the Tennessee Titans, and I've added Jalen Waddell. I think when you look at the NFL, you win with speed. And you have a guy like A.J. Brown who is capable of creating plays all throughout the field. Adding in a deep threat like Waddle, I think, is huge for this offense, huge for this team. And if Tannehill continues to succeed for this squad, then having another receiver receiving weapon is huge for their success going forward. And we have some fans of the Titans in the comment section. Look, I think the Titans have one of the best built rosters. In, in the NFL, really, I think the defense is completely underrated. I think that 
one of the best things about this team, though, is just how balanced they are all throughout. Adding some receiver help is one of their few needs, I think, at the moment. At number 27, I have the Dallas Cowboys picking Tyler Shelvin, the nose tackle out of LSU. You look at, you know, they already have Tristan Hill right now that they're hoping has a great season at the defensive tackle spot, but they really need a nose tackle. And I think Shelvin, uh, I heard a comp from Glock Lesnar, actually, who told me he's kind of like Kenny Clark. And I think that's a great comparison. Adding in a guy like Tyler Shelvin for this Dallas Cowboys defensive line would be huge and the Dallas Cowboys could continue their steps towards trying to be the winner of the Super Bowl. At 28, I have the Saints picking Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia. Very talented, but very young cornerback with limited experience. I think he's going to have a great year. The Saints likely will have to move around some money. They have some very interesting decisions to be made about their cap space. I think we see Janoris Jenkins gone, so adding in a guy – like Eric Stokes is going to be huge for this for their long-term success. At number 29, I have the Bucks picking Wyatt Davis, interior offensive lineman, probably going to be playing guard at the right guard spot. I don't trust Alex Kappa in the long term. So adding a consistent player like Wyatt Davis is huge for this team. Protect. Yeah, certainly and- they need to have protection. And I think um- – I think you don't know. You don't know if Brady's going to be there much longer. But if he is, of course, he's going to want to be protected. He's used to having some a lot of protection in the pocket with the Patriots. And no matter who steps in at QB after Brady, you're going to want to have young pieces in place to make sure that they're held up well. And whether you know it's Rosen or a young QB that they end up drafting, it's important you have some protection for them so they're comfortable standing behind that pocket. At number thirty. I have Joseph Osai, one of my sleepers for this class. Huge fan of him at the linebacker spot. I think he's kind of one of those versatile edge rushers, and the Ravens thrive off of these guys. So Osai to the Ravens just makes so much sense. We have a comment from the comment section asking about Texas. What do we think about Sam Ellinger and the Longhorns? I really like the Longhorns in terms of college football, but when I look at Sam Ellinger, I'm not a fan of him in terms of his overall prospect status. But I've been wrong before on these guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Ellinger puts together a great season and takes that next step as a prospect and just makes me look like a fool. (laughs) At number 31, I have Jabril Cox, linebacker for LSU. Now, you may be wondering, why does this guy not have an in-action photo like everyone else? It's because he's transferred from North Dakota State to LSU. So it's his first year in the SEC. Going to be a big season, I think. I love Jabril Cox. I think watching him for North Dakota State on film, I really was blown away with him. And then hearing that he was transferring to LSU, I couldn't help but get excited. I think he's going to have a huge season for the Tigers and the Chiefs. You know, I made this draft before last night's game, but watching last night's game, I think the Chiefs seem almost like a lock to win it. I don't think anyone can beat them offensively. You don't have your Seahawks. Yeah. I, I think if I could change it, I would. I think the Chiefs probably in that 32 spot. So for the 32 spot in this mock, we have the Jets picking from the Super Bowl champion Seahawks. I think it's important you invest in your offensive line, whether you're going with Darnold or whether you probably – they probably brought in a vet presence if they moved on from Darnold. But, so Leatherwood would have to really fill Jamal Adams' shoes here. 
Yeah, Leatherwood steps in, and I think he offers the safety blanket, kind of safety net type of pick here. Whether you're putting him at offensive guard or offensive tackle, I think he provides a consistent starter for this team. The Jets could use help at both spots, whether it's right tackle, right guard, left guard, whatever. So bringing in Alex Leatherwood, figuring out where you want to put him, helps this team, helps the squad. And ladies and gentlemen, we've made it through the draft. That is your first first round mock of the season. Very impressive. We got 30 seconds left here in our live hour here. Uh, Enjoy the games this weekend. And of course, uh, you know, if you get the chance, everybody, make sure you send us a tweet what you want to talk about. And Michael, you know, take it easy. And I will talk to you on Monday. Take it easy. And I just want to address this comment real quick. If Spencer Sanders says breakout season and rises into the mid first, could we see similar draft stock rise from Tylen Wallace? I think we could. And, you know, if he has a season that puts Oklahoma State as a contender, we're going to see a lot of these guys really rise up. All right. Sorry, just wanted to address that. Everyone, have a great night. Enjoy your weekend of football. It's back, baby. It's back. Have a good one. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.